So we are starting with um, verse 14 of chapter 7. Um, and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about as far as those cities with those maps. Vatashovna. There's a rare form of a very common root. Vatashovna is from what root? Shuv, to return. And here's a third feminine called third feminine, plural. All right? And so the, the, the subject is Harim. So the cities which the Philistines, Laku, had taken from Israel returned to Israel. From Ekron. There's Ekron. Okay? And up to Gath. So notice again, two of the chief cities are mentioned here. Uh, the cities that I've marked there, those five most famous ones, are um, uh, ones that are mentioned especially in the books of Samuel. Uh, and we'll, we'll run across them all the time. So as you guys are looking at that map, just kind of get in your mind where they're coming from. Okay? So the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel returned to Israel from Ekron and up to Gath and Gebulon and their border. Notice that you have another kind of rare feminine suffix, a third feminine plural suffix, that on suffix on Gebulon, their border. Okay? Hitzil. Israel delivered from Natsal, again. Israel delivered from the hand of the Philistines. Okay? Vayahi shalom bein Yisrael uvein ha-emori. And there was peace between Israel and between the Amorites. Right? Now don't ask me why they have Amorites here when we were talking about the Philistines the whole way. I'm not, not sure. Maybe someone can do a report after break on that. I'll check it out. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check it out. I was wondering about it myself. Um, verse 14, any questions about the grammar? All right. Uh, verse 15, Yishpot Shemuel et Yisrael kol yamei chayav. And Samuel, now notice this is from Shaphat. Uh, and a lot of times it's translated as judge, but notice I think it's a more general sense to rule over or acted as a uh, magistrate for Israel all the days of his life. Notice the accusative of extent of time. Kol yamei chayav. Uh, all the days of his life he acted as magistrate. He ruled Israel. Shaphat. Okay. Vehalak midei shana b'shana. Oh yeah. Notice you have a vav plus perfect here. He's switching now from talking about one specific incident to customary action. Usually... Uh, habitual or customary action is used when referring to the past in Hebrew narrative, either with a prefix verb or if it's in a series, va plus perfect. And so just keep in mind we're dealing with habitual action. And he would go, now notice this phrase, uh, shana beshana. It's literally from sufficiency of year in year. Doesn't make any sense. But notice it's a Hebrew way of saying, um, Yearly. Okay? And we ran across it. Just remember, just to refresh your memory, go way back to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We had two ways of expressing this. Uh, look in verse 3. Notice, again, we're dealing with customary action. And that man used to go up from his city. Everybody see that? That man used to go up from his city, from days to the day. We said that that was yearly. Okay? So you have that way of expressing it. And then go down to verse 7. And thus he would do shana beshana, year in year. See, yearly. 
Another way of expressing yearly. Everybody see that? Um, this way of doing it is, I think, 12, I checked it out, and it's used this way 12 times, this Shana Beshana. So it seems to be an idiom for when we would say yearly, uh, year in, year out, or something like that. Um, they go, go Shana Beshana. And so you'll see it uh, in, uh, especially these places, these are the two places in Samuel. You'll also see it in First and Second Kings. You see it in as late as Nehemiah and Second Chronicles and Zechariah and also Deuteronomy. So a number of places have that idiom. Okay. Um, so he would go year in and year out or every year vesavab, and he would make a circuit savab to go around. See, and he would make a circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah. Okay, so if you look on the first page on that map I'm turning around, uh, I'm passing around. I think uh, Brandon has it. Uh, the first, the second map. Notice it names those cities. See, he would make a circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah, and he would shafat Israel, and he would act as magistrate or act as judge uh, to all. Our, our, uh, now, notice you have this eight here. Eight kol hamekomot haela. In English, we almost have to say, in all these places. So notice how et is used, and you have a footnote that even in the Greek, has notice has the Greek uh, preposition n there. Hmm. Um, and so the et, you know, this, this is again a strange usage, but it may just be a colloquialism or kind of a, kind of a vulgarism that has come into the text. All right, so notice that Samuel had this custom then of... Uh, as, as the judge, he would go to all these cities on a yearly basis and make a circuit. You can see where they are. They're north of Jerusalem, uh, mostly in the territory of Beth, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Okay? Uteshuvato, and his return. Notice that there is from Shuv. And his return was Haramata, to Ramah. For there was his house, Beto. So he kept his family in Ramah while he was kind of an itinerant ruler, itinerant judge, kind of interesting. And there he acted as magistrate or ruled Israel. Vayiven, and he built, what's the root? Bana. And he built there a Mizbeach to Yahweh. He built there an altar to Yahweh. So notice he built an altar in Ramah. Um, uh, so whether the tabernacle stayed in one place or went to different places it's you know it seems to have traveled every once in a while but on what occasions or how that worked uh, the bible doesn't really tell us all right so here you get at least a little insight of how things function in these latter days of the judges with Samuel so so how clearly had had Yahweh given them instructions with regards to how to worship you know what I'm saying? I mean, well, remember you have in Deuteronomy, Moses makes the point that you shall worship where I put my name. And right. I think that it's wrong to identify that too closely with just Jerusalem. But rather, we should think of it more in connection with the ark and with the tabernacle. Right, clearly. So, so was the right place for them to worship wherever the tabernacle was? Right, okay. so that where the tabernacle was or where God's other instructions had... So here we have Samuel building an altar where he yeah. lived. So, I mean, evidently that was okay. I yeah, evidently. And we don't nothing know... Nothing tells us it was We're okay, assuming that the tabernacle was there. Yeah, nothing tells us that or what was going on, right, actually. Right. Yeah. But you see, that, you see that custom, and I think 
what happened too later on was that it would allow folk religion and syncretism to continue in Israel. You know, with the, because the tribes were kind of on their own. You know, you can see how that happened. And I think some of those pictures that I passed around actually mention in the one it says that. Uh, well, there was one I didn't put in there of this figurine, and the guy was making the point that Israel continued to have this folk religion, um, even you know after the time of Solomon when it was supposed to be mm. centralized. Mm. You kind of see that happening at the local level. Okay. I mean, any other questions about any of the grammar, syntax, or okay. reference? Seventeen. Dave. That eight. Do you have a little dot that's like right above the top? Uh, I was just what that was. Oh yeah, I do, and I don't know what that is. Um, it's just probably extra ink. Yeah, it may just be extra ink, actually. Uh, I don't know what that is. I'm lucky I can even see that at my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say. 1016. All right. Any other questions? He's asking about dots now. That's good. Okay, verse 18. Shemuel. Now, now notice that the Vayahi is kind of ordering the narrative here. We're switching scenes. Does it? It, it isn't absolutely necessary, you don't always see it, but here you do, then followed by a temporal clause. So it happened when Samuel became old, or got old, Zakain. Vayasem, comma, that he placed his sons, notice that that's from Sim, he placed his sons, or made his sons, Shoftim, rulers, in Israel, La Yisrael. Okay? Now here's the interesting thing. Uh, next verse. Vayahi. Uh, and the name of his son, Habekor, the firstborn, Bekor, and the name of his firstborn son, Vayahi, was Yoel. And the name of Mishnehu, his second son, Mishnehu, his second one, was Abiyah. Okay? Shoftim. They were judging in Be'er Shava, in Beersheba. Now, see, that's interesting because if you get that mental map, where's Beersheba? Does anyone remember? In comparison to Benjamin and Ephraim. It's way south. It's way south. You remember Beersheba um, is where Abraham kind of sojourned. And so what were they doing down there when most of the action had been previously up there? Again, we just don't know. But that's where they were ruling. And what it consisted of, we don't know. All right. But evidently something was wrong, as you'll see in verse... Uh, three and four. Okay. Now here, Velo Haku, verse three. They were church planting, I think. Yeah, something there, church planting, yeah. Uh, they wanted to stay out of the action so they could get away with murder. <laughs> uh, but they did not walk, notice Banav, his sons did not walk Bidrakav in his ways. Notice that uh, you have that weird pointing because the uh, it's written as a singular, Derek. So Darko, but they, the, the Masoretes wants you to read the plural, Darkov, his ways. That's why you get that weird pointing. So his sons did not walk in his ways. Vayitu, but they inclined. What's the root of Vayitu? Nata. Nata, good, to stretch or to incline. But they inclined after Habatsa. That word simply means uh, unjust prophet or... or um, Profit that you gain by violence. Betza. Batsa means to take something, to cut off or to take something by violence. So they uh, inclined after that stuff, that. They, 
I don't know what the, their uh, inclination was to get stuff unjustly. Okay? Uh, and notice now the Va Yikhu Shokhad kind of explains it a little more fully. That is, they took, Shokhad means a bribe, they took bribes. Okay, so it explains further what they mean. So evidently they had in charge of uh, judging, rendering sentences, you know, all kinds of stuff, and they could be bought. Okay? And so, Vayatu, okay, now notice the form of Vayatu versus Vayitu. So the first Vayitu, they inclined after the uh, unjust prophet. Now what form is Vayatu? Notice there's a patak under that yud. Hifil. The first one's a call. The second one is a hifil. So notice the call is intransitive. So you know right away the hifil is going to be transitive. And what's its object? The mishpat that follows. See? So, and so they perverted judge justice. They twisted justice. Okay, notice the two different meanings for the same root contextually uh, it's kind of uh, not that difficult to discern what the concept is behind each of those words. All right, does everybody, any, anyone have any questions about that? Okay, verse 4. Uh, new paragraph. Vayit kaptsu kol zikne Yisrael. And all the elders of Israel gathered. Kabatz. Notice that that's a hit pael. Kabatz in the call means to like gather fruit, gather grapes. In the Hitpael and the Nifal, it's intransitive, just to gather yourself. See, so that all the elders of Israel gather together, Vayavo'u, and they came from Bo to Samuel, Haramata, at Ramah. So notice Samuel was in Ramah. Maybe he had retired. So he'd retired to his house. These guys were in Beersheba doing all kinds of stuff. Kind of an interesting situation that you got a picture. All right? Verse 5, Vayomru, and they said, Elah, to him, Look, Hine, look here, you, Zakanta, notice again you have the pronoun, you have, have gotten old, or you are old, Ubaneka, and your sons, Lohalku, have not walked Bidrakeka in your ways. Ata. So, Simalanu Melak. So, Appoint for us a king. Notice you have that sema is a call imperative, um, second or masculine singular with that hey on the front of it. Looks like a justive form, and usually indicates action for the advantage of the speaker or for the benefit of the speaker. So notice that's very true here. So appoint for us a king, let's um, to rule over us. This is a call infinitive construct plus the thir- first common plural suffix to rule over us as all the Gentiles. Notice their solution. As all the nations, I should say. They wanted to be like everyone around them because they were having trouble with these sons. Okay. Question about verse 5? Yes, Kurt. Question the... Um Sima again, you indicated yeah. that the hay is... is uh, right, notice you usually have those hays on justive and cohortive right, exactly. points. Here it's on a masculine. You have this not infrequently. Right, you have them commonly on imperatives, and it usually indicates action performed for the benefit of or uh, for the advantage of the speaker, with the okay. speaker in mind. So notice it's the speaker's 
set up and they want it done for them, for their advantage. So, sima lanu melek leshoftenu. Um, verse 6 <laughs> the matter was yera. what's the root anyone see it it's screwy it's one of those double lines <laughs> to be bad to be evil okay it's a call imperfect vav consecutive so the uh, the suggestion was evil maybe troublesome in the eyes of Samuel when they said, here it is again, Kurt, notice an imperative with the hey. Tena, give to us a king, leshoftenu, to rule over us. Notice the same construction as in the previous verse. Okay. Since he was troubled by this, Samuel prayed, Yitpalel, to Yahweh. Okay. Any questions about verse 6? Okay. Vayomer Yahweh El Shemuel. Verse 7. So then um, Yahweh said to Samuel, Shema Ha'am. Obey the voice of the people. Notice Shema is a call imperative. Uh, with Shema plus bait, uh, usually has that meaning obey. Or you could translate, listen to the voice of the people. Lakol, in all which they are saying, Yomru, Eleke, in all which they are saying to you. Okay? Now notice the word order here. Ki lo otaka ma'asu. For not you have they rejected. Ma'asu, simple call. And notice that uh, the object is first. So, you know, if you're speaking it, for not you have they rejected. Ki oti. But me, ma'asu, they have rejected. So you notice how deliberate he is by repeating the words. He doesn't say... Um, uh, for they have rejected me, not you. But he look at the word order, and he repeats the ma'as. Don't have to do that. Yeah, the rejection word. See, and the and the, in both cases, the object is put in the front. Uh, for not you have they rejected, but me they have rejected. Mimlok from reigning malak. Notice the call infinitive construct from reigning alehem from reigning over them. Okay. Um, questions about verse 7 yeah I, I guess I kind of find that interesting because it seems like the reasoning to Samuel was on account of their sons mm-hmm. being evil mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. and I suppose that it indicates kind of a lack of trust in how Yahweh had set these things up I guess that's what is being reflected here um, but it's another indication about the heart of the people, and he kind of follows up on that in verse 8. You know, if we know the history of the judges, uh, it's almost like, okay, categorize this as one more instance of the people's lack of faith in Yahweh. Because notice what he says in verse 8. As all the ma'asim, notice that's works from ma'aseth, um, as all the works which Asu, which they have done, Miyom, from the day of Ha'aloti, of my bringing them. Notice that that Ha'aloti, what's the root? Hala. Hala, it's a Hifil infinitive construct. Hifil infinitive construct plus first common singular suffix. Literally, from the day of my bringing them up from Egypt. 
In English we'd say, from the day I brought them up from Egypt, even up until this day. See, so notice the implication is this. You'd add, they are acting like, or they are doing like all the things which they have done from the day I brought them from Egypt, even until this day. Okay? He explains it further now. Notice, it's not adding a thought. He's explaining further this thought. Vaya'az vuni. That is, they have forsaken me. So he's explaining the content of what have they done from the days that he brought them out of Egypt. That is, they have forsaken me, vaya'avdu, and they have served Elohimake other gods. So notice that he's categorizing this action of the people as false worship again. Um, that's kind of an interesting thing. It's not like they're actively, in the text they're not actively bowing down to other gods, but by asking for kings like other nations, it's like, okay, that by this action he wants to categorize them as other nations. Therefore, they worship other gods. They don't trust me. See, notice the implications or the worldview that Yahweh is assuming in what he's saying to the people and how he's explaining their actions. Okay, they've categorized themselves as other nations. Uh, therefore, their action is kind of false worship. Okay, now Cain, thus Hema, they, um, Osim, are doing, notice the participle, thus they are also doing lock to you. Okay, so have they done to me, they're also doing to you. Hmm. All right. Um, any questions about verse 8? Okay, we'll do uh, one more verse here, and then we'll be uh, at our time here. Ve'atashema bekolam, and so shema, listen to their voice. Okay, now you have this ak-ki. Um, notice it's kind of like an interjection. Uh, kind of like, but only, or but especially, ha'ed ta'id bahem. Okay, let's look at the main verb first, the ta'id. Everybody see the root? You know what kind of root it is, even if you haven't seen it before. What kind of what root is it? It's from ein, vav, dalet. Ud. It's a hollow verb like kum. And it means... Um, and notice that this is a hifil form, so it means to bear witness. Okay, so the ha'ed then is a hifil infinitive, and again, it's an infinitive absolute to uh, intensify the idea of the of the warning. So, but only so here's how you, how you would want to translate. But only you should or you must. Warn them solemnly, or warn them carefully, by him. See, notice, uh, Ud takes bait as the direct object. Warn them solemnly. Ha'e ta'id. Warn them carefully. Ve'higadta. And, again, this is from Nagad. And declare to them, okay, everybody see that? From Nagad to tell them, relate to them, the mishpat of the king. Um, not the judgment of the king, but the um, procedures that surround having a king. Notice the shorthand of this genitive and construct construction. The, but tell them about the mishpat of the king, the regulations, the um, 
of the king, uh, what a king requires, the requirements of a king. Maybe that's a good translation. Governance. Yeah. Who will reign over them? Because notice what follows, as you all know, is this description of what the king is going to take from people. If you have a king, this is what it means. All right. So mishpat doesn't mean justice, but it's more in the sense of the requirements of the king. Here's what a king requires. Here's what is going to happen. Okay. In other words, what he's going to require. What he's going to require. What not the king what it requires to be a king. Right. Yeah. It's not the requirements to be a king, right. but the requirements that the king is going to have. And we only know that by... Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We only know that by what's going to come next. See, he doesn't... If he would have followed this by, um, the king must be uh, from a certain family, he must have a certain amount of money, he must have these qualities, then we translate it like you said. These are the requirements for having a king. So notice how the context really determines how you're going to fill in the shorthand of that construct form plus the genitive. Okay? Very good. We'll stop there because that's a nice paragraph ending. And uh, when we get back from break, we will be able to get through most of chapter 8. And here now, notice that the switch is going because the establishment of the monarchy. And we're going to get into the uh, narrative of Saul and then David. So... Uh, it's going to be exciting what's coming up. All right? Hope you all have a good break, and thanks for coming.